Welcome to the Healing Pet Loss Podcast. How to make decisions you can live with when your pet suddenly gets very ill. In this podcast, you will learn some simple but important things you can implement to prepare for and cope with a sudden serious illness in your pet. What I will share is based on my own experience recently with a health emergency I had with one of my own cats called Minnie. If you're like me, your animal companion is part of your family, and the bond you have with your animal friend is loving and strong. When you're faced with a sudden serious illness in your pet, you realize that you might be about to lose your beloved pet unexpectedly, and that you need to make instant important decisions that can be a matter of life and death for your animal companion. You may find yourself in a state of shock, experiencing feelings of panic, fear and helplessness. You may also find yourself wishing you could avoid dealing with the situation by handing over the responsibility to another or to an expert. However, sometimes things happen very suddenly and there are no vets or other experts around to make the decisions for you. So however prepared or unprepared you may be, the decision of how to deal with your pet's sudden illness may be entirely up to you. In my experience, if you make decisions based on fearful thinking, there is a real risk that you will make decisions you will regret later. So how do you avoid making decisions in a state of panic or fear when a beloved pet suddenly gets very ill? I'll share an example from my own life. My precious cat Minnie recently got very sick suddenly and in a moment I'll tell you what happened, how my husband and I dealt with it, what you can do if your pet suddenly gets very ill and the steps you can take to prepare while your pet is still well. But first I want to tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Marianne Susie and I'm the founder of HealingPetLoss.com and the author of Healing Pet Loss, Practical Steps for Coping and Comforting Messages from Animals and Spirit Guides. I have always loved animals, and animals have always been an important part of my life. And like you, I have experienced the joy, the unconditional love our animal companions bring into our lives, as well as the pain and the grief we experience when losing our beloved animal companion. I got started with my website when our beloved orange cat Pitiput got very sick and my husband and I struggled to make the very difficult decision to have him euthanized. I remember the last day waiting for the vet to come to our home, spending the last precious hours saying goodbye and expressing my gratitude to Pitiput and having a hard time grasping that he would not be with us much longer. I began sharing my experiences as we went through the pain of losing him, intent on honoring him by helping others ease their pain in losing their own animal companion. And as many of you may know, two years after Pitiput's death, I lost my beloved cat Kia, a gentle loving soul who had been my constant companion for twelve years. I connected with her before and after her death and you may have read some of her wise and loving messages of love and peace on my website or in my book. 
but back to Minnie and her sudden illness. I can tell you what happened to me in October 2014. My wonderful cat Minnie suddenly had a violent seizure. As far as we know, she has never had any seizures before, and from being fine one moment sitting on the bed, she went to having convulsions the next moment, sending my husband and me into a state of fear and panic. We had no idea what was going on and felt totally helpless as we watched this scary scene which is now etched into my mind. It was late at night, no easy access to vets, and the nearest available animal hospital was half an hour drive by car. As we were watching what looked like could be the end of our precious Minnie's life, we were hit with the realization that we were in charge, that Minnie's life was in our hands, even if we had no idea what was going on or what to do. And based on painful past experiences of reacting out of fear and regretting later, here's what we did and what you can do too. First is to become fully present. In the moment, during her seizure, I remind myself that Minnie needs me now more than ever, so I act in spite of my feelings of fear and helplessness. I make a resolution to become fully present with her no matter how painful it is. I realize that I may not be able to do anything in time to save her life, but I can be with her and be there for her, letting her know that she's loved and not alone. Letting her know that I will be with her all the way. One thing that not only helped me cope and be there with her, but which also seemed to have a positive influence on her, was that I sang softly to her as I was sitting right beside her during her seizure. My next suggestion is to practice being present regularly. Practice becoming present every single day, especially in painful situations, situations you would rather not be in, but that you are forced to be in. Practice being here now, in your body, in the place you are in. If you make becoming present a part of your daily routine, it will be much easier for you to be present when it really counts, such as the situation I described when my cat Minnie suddenly had a seizure. Becoming present did not get rid of my fear, but it enabled me to attain the presence, peace and overview needed to make a conscious decision and not a decision based on fear and panic. It allowed me to step up and accept my responsibility realizing and accepting, although with trembling hands and heart, that her life is now in my hands, and although I feel helpless, I am responsible, in charge, and I need to make an important decision here, and I better make the best decision I can, based on whatever knowledge and expertise I have. My third suggestion is about how to make the difficult decision. Each case is unique, and realize that you need to evaluate each situation that comes up. Weigh the pros and cons, 
look at the situation from different angles. For instance, in my case, the vet can't get here in time, and we can't get to a vet in time when she's in the middle of a seizure. The seizure ended after about one minute, but it felt like much longer. Considering that being locked in cat boxes, driving in cars, and going to vets greatly upsets Minnie, we decided, in this case, to let her have peace, to let her be here at home with us, watching over her and doing the best we could to see her lovingly through the night, knowing she might not make it. If she passed, she would at least pass in peace at home with us, instead of in a strange place in fear and feeling abandoned. It is important to note that this decision is not one that I would make in all cases, but one I made in this particular case, based on this specific situation and considering Minnie's disposition and apparent condition. After the seizure was over, it took a long time for Minnie to calm down. As we finally got to bed, she placed herself very close to us on the bed, and our closeness and our voices helped calm her. We are so grateful that our Minnie survived tonight. We got an appointment at the vet the next day, but they were unable to find out what caused her seizure. We suspect, however, that it is related to her advancing blindness, which also has no apparent cause. We can only speculate that her illness is likely neurological in nature. Since we are unable to do anything to help her medically, we have to accept her condition and the real possibility she could die at any time. Minnie is still okay. She sleeps more, and she cannot see very well and bumps into things when she walks around. But she's still eating and drinking, and she's very happy to be with us. And at this point we take one day at a time and do our best to be there for our precious Minnie, comfort her, and give her the extra attention that she needs. My fourth suggestion concerns how to stay present in painful situations. The pain of facing and dealing with a situation like Minnie's seizure is almost unbearable, but I have discovered that it is not so much about getting rid of the pain, but learning to live with it, to accept it, to reach a state of peace in the midst of that pain, and act from that peace, which I have found surrounding or behind the pain. To not fight, but to allow the present moment to be as it is, no matter how painful or difficult. This is the way to handle situations you would rather run away from. Another suggestion for staying in the present, in a painful situation, is find your purpose, your why. For instance, I am doing this for my beloved pet. I am terrified, but I want to do what's best for him or her, because I love him or her so much. Let your love for your pet be your motivational force, which will ground you in the present moment. To sum up, practice being present, being in the now, and prepare for a possible life and death situation by researching beforehand what possibilities you will have available to obtain help.
Also, accept responsibility for situations and decisions. Sometimes there's no vet or expert available, and even if there were, you would still need to make the important decision about your pet. And find the big why or who or what you're doing it for. Remember, your love is deeper than your fear, and you going into a panic will certainly not be helpful to you or your pet. An update on Minnie. As I connected with her in a shamanic journey the next morning, in that journey she turned into a beautiful angel. She told us to see her as an angel, not just to see the illness. This important piece of advice can also be very helpful if you have a sick or dying pet. See beyond the pain and illness. See the shining light that they are inside. Whatever state their body might be in, their soul's light is still shining brightly. Recognizing and holding that vision as you deal with someone who is sick or dying can be an immense help to both of you. Now I'll share some other tips for coping when a pet suddenly gets very ill. When your life suddenly gets turned upside down, like when we got the scare with Minnie, one of the things I have found helpful when the emergency is over is to do normal things, things that are part of your daily routine or things that you know usually help you to return to yourself and achieve a state of peace. For me, one of those things was going for a walk after we returned home from the vet with Minnie, and doing routine tasks that day helped me achieve some peace of mind. Otherwise, we can easily get stuck in the trauma and pain of what happened. Once I know that Minnie is okay for now, or at least stabilized, I do not need to stay in the traumatic event from the night before. Other things that can help you return to your center is doing practical things, like doing dishes or cleaning the house. Or you might consider doing a guided meditation, such as the inner peace meditation. When you consciously take steps to return to your center and a place of peace, you will much more easily be able to be there for your pet. In a case where you have a frightening episode, like me with my cat Minnie, you will want to implement a heightened level of awareness and caring for your animal companion. A few key things to implement to prepare for a possible sudden illness. The optimal time to start preparing is when your pet is still doing well, or at least reasonably well. It's never too early to prepare, so even if your pet is still in great health, I advise you to implement a few key things I will share now. Although there are many things you can do to prepare for an animal companion's health emergency, things like that tend to come unexpectedly, so it will be impossible to cover all possibilities. However, here are a few suggestions that may help you handle a sudden illness if it occurs. Stay aware of any changes in your pet's state or well-being. Animals can be very good at hiding their pain, and a declining health sometimes takes place very gradually, so you may not even notice it. 
As I mentioned before, begin a daily practice of becoming present. Make it a habit throughout the day to return to a place of being here now. A daily meditation can also be helpful as you practice watching your thoughts and emotions without identifying with them. And if you haven't got this in place yet, I strongly advise, based on my own experiences, that you do, and that is making it a high priority to do your research about vets and animal hospitals. Make a list with local or available vets, noting down address, phone number, as well as whether they do house calls, and if they have emergency night or weekend services. You will especially need to have a list of those that are available outside normal vet hours and that are not too far away. Emergency situations often occur at odd hours, so you need to have your options ready because you won't have time to do the research during an emergency. So in conclusion, preparing for a pet's health emergency is not a pleasant thing to do or think about, but if an emergency does happen, you will be relieved that you made your preparations beforehand. One thing all these preparations will also do for you is help you maintain enough clarity and peace of mind not to act blindly or impulsively out of fear, but instead make the required decision in an informed fashion, taking into consideration your pet's condition, history, and availability of vet or animal hospital. Each situation is unique, and coming from a place of preparedness and being centered in the present will help you make the best decision you can for your beloved pet. To learn more about how to cope with a dying pet, you can find additional suggestions in my book Healing Pet Loss, Practical Steps for Coping and Comforting Messages from Animals and Spirit Guides. I'll see you in the next Healing Pet Loss podcast. podcast.